The 2021 regular season is in the books, and it's time to head to Florida for the PFL playoffs in August. There has been an interim heavyweight champion crowned in Bellator, plus they got some huge news coming, and the UFC, well, you got to hear it to believe it, what they're doing with their heavyweight division. Welcome to Cage Minds MMA Show. Hi, I'm Micah Frankel. Let's get started with the final event of the 2021 PFL regular season. That was event number six, featuring the women's lightweights and the men's heavyweights. Start out with the main event, of course, and remaining unbeaten is Kayla Harrison. The left straight down the pipe had Cindy Dandois uncomfortable from the jump, forcing a desperate takedown that was a mile short and the reaction from Harrison was to bulldoze over Dandois putting her on her back. Harrison from that point was working the ground and pound. You saw Dandois incredible dexterity attempt to actually come over the back from being inside control against Harrison. Harrison able to regain the guard, throw the legs aside, gets into mount, softens up Dandois, and then takes the arm bar, causing an injury, a violent finish. The co-main event, Anthony Pettis' hopes to salvage his playoff opportunity, and it was not to be, even though it was in a controversial fashion. The first round, a close round where you could see Pettis started off very well, going with his kicks against Hushman Fio's punches. Into the second round was where Pettis was able to separate himself. But Manfio, in that first round, was trickily answering back kicks with leg kicks and winging big punches. We don't get to see what the judges are thinking, so you could see a possibility of Pettis being up two rounds to none, or maybe it's one-on-one heading to that third. And the third round would be the deciding round where Manfio gets two knockdowns, one off of punches, letting Pettis up right away, and the second, backing Pettis up to the cage, able to grab the tie clinch, a big knee lands, and he had Pettis in survival mode. Possibly with the two knockdowns, you're looking at a 10-8 round. Did we have a draw? We had a split decision, and unfortunately, Pettis does not advance. Hoosh Manfio does talk about not advancing one of the stories that we're going to see going forward in the pfl is did we see lance palmer in the promotion for the last time before this season when the 2020 season was called off reportedly the former two-time featherweight champion had requested his release from the promotion that was not granted he was still given a stipend was being taken care of he would have rather went on a greener pastures. He does not advance to the playoffs, and instead, Movlid Kaibuluov does. In heavyweight action, Denis Gotzlov versus Brandon Sales. If you did not see this one, this one was a bloody, bloody finish and a epic slow motion. It was a first round where Denis Gotzlov was able to bust up Brandon Sales in the mouth with his jab. Going to the second round where Gotzlov spent that five minutes in top position. The third round, it's a one-two head kick, and that head kick is knocking the blood right out of the broken nose. Epic slow-motion video of how hurt Brandon Sales was going to the ground, and Goltzlov gets the TKO finish. 
taking the number one seed for the heavyweights. That's Bruno Capazzola, another heavyweight. Uh, taking the top position for the heavyweights going into the playoffs. That's going to be Bruno Capazzola, another, another First round knockout. Coming forward first with the jab. Bringing the teep kick behind it for his straight shots to keep the distance. Bringing the hooks behind it. Forcing Mo Derice back to the fence. A right hook lands. Derice answers back with what looks to be his own right hook. And then it was a delayed short-circuiting knockout as Derice falls down the cage being off balance. Scary stuff there. Not the same as when Shane Burgos fell after the Edson Barbosa, but this was still a weird delayed knockout. Also in women's lightweight action, Larissa Pacheco exchanging with Helen Koltznik, and it's a right hook counter, the first round knockout for Pacheco, securing her the number one seed in the women's lightweight division. And a story of a Dark Horse coming out of nowhere, taking a fight on short notice, Jamel Jones versus Kiddushan Abreu, and it is Jones getting on top and landing the sledgehammers, not just the hammer fist, but the sledgehammer fist, ground and pound, looked like he was trying to mash some potatoes out of his opponent's brain, devastating ground and pound finish, six points, and advancing to the playoffs is Jamel Jones. So to let you guys know what it looks like, three weekends in August, you will see the playoffs at 145 pounds. There's still a little bit of seating, a coin flip to be done because it looks like number three and number four are tied. So who gets three and who gets four will be decided. Your number one seed is Brendan Lognane. Number two is Chris Wade sharing three right now. We'll need that coin toss between is Molvod. Caleb Ulov and Bubba Jenkins, who both had two decisions to advance to the playoffs. In the heavyweight division, 3-4, it's all known. Number one versus number four is going to be Bruno Capazzola versus Jamel Jones, that heavyweight dark horse coming out of nowhere to make in the playoffs. And Angie Jelaine versus Dennis Glotzlov is your two Three matchup in the light heavyweight division. Your number one seed is going to be Antonio Carlos Jr. And he'll be taking on the 2019 champion who comes in at number four, Emilio Sorde. Cesar Fajeda versus Martin Hamlet will be your 2-3 matchup. At lightweight, Loki Rabov versus Alexander Hernandez is your 1-4 matchup. And Clay Collard, Hushman Fio is your 2 Versus three. In the welterweight division, Yao Zeferino took the number one spot and he'll be meeting the 2018 champion, Magomed, Magomed Kirov, in the one versus four matchup. And then Rory McDonald takes on the number three ranked Ray Cooper, your 2019 welterweight champion. And in the women's lightweight seating, Number one, as I mentioned, went to Larissa Pacheco, and she will be taking on Taylor Gerdo. Where number two, Kayla Harrison, who's our only athlete who will be able to become a three-time champion, takes on Jenna Fabian. Also Friday night, there was a Bellator 261. The main event, Valentin Madoski, Timothy Johnson, that interim heavyweight title fight, and it was the Russian. 
the lighter, the swifter, the more technical, the crisper technique. It was Moldovsky being able to get takedowns, land the more devastating blows, and do the damage. Well, Johnson found success burrowing in. It was not consistent, not continual, and nothing he was able to sustain. Moldovsky proving he's a threat and has us all intrigued to see what that fight with Ryan Bader is going to look like. In the co-main event, it was Liz Carmouche versus Conor Wampanabe, a flyweight number one contender's bout, and this one did not last long. Normally known for her grappling, this time we saw the smoking hands and devastating punching power of the gorilla. 35 seconds, a TKO from punches, stopping Wananabe against the cage and earning herself a title shot is Liz Carmouche. Sydney Outlaw proved that his grappling was better than the jury jitsu. Mild jury got taken to the ground, got slammed to the ground, gave his back, and in the third round had a tap to a rear naked choke. On the prelims, getting back to his winning ways, Taylor Johnson got back to being a backpack and forced the rear naked choke. Tap from Lance Wright. Jalen Bates rode his record to 3-0, taking home an armbar of Cody Matthews. And then Corey Samuels, who has not had all the luck as a pro, went straight down the pipe with a left hand and earns himself a knockout in 10 seconds to open up the prelims. UFC Fight Night, Gone versus Volkov, top five heavyweight matchup, and boy, was there more on the line than any of us expected. I will get to that in just a moment. But let's talk about the fight. It was the composure, it was the tactical abilities, it was the feints, the fakes, and the speed advantage. Forward pressure, a solid jab, heavy leg kicks, and then fast body kicks, even landing to the arm when he went high, and the threat of the takedowns that all went in the favor of Surreal Gone, who absolutely put on a one-sided affair against Alexander Volkov. Volkov landed a big uppercut at one point, came out hard in the fifth round to make this an entertaining fifth round but it was too little, too late, as Surreal Gone's speed was too much. Uh, if you had seen the preview when I talked about it, I had seen Volkov from his first fight in Bellator go from 225 to now being a massive 265. Well, Surreal Gone, the 245-pounder, also saw it, and it was his natural athleticism that gave him the biggest advantage, and he exploited it for the entire 25 minutes. In the co-main event, Ovin St. Preux, Jumped up to heavyweight to take on Tanner Bozier. Bozier accepting the fight on short notice. Weight classes make a difference. And you could see right away that the impact of the heavyweight punches were making a difference on Ovin St. Preux. He wasn't being able to take them in the same way that he wore them at 205 pounds. Looking to take the fight to the ground. I couldn't definitively see. It comes controversial. There is a possible fence grab when... OSP has Bozier down. Maybe he just used a closed fist to press off the cage. That's the defense. There looks like some stills to, to possibly coincide. It's a controversial moment. Bozier's able to get back up. It, then when OSP comes in for another takedown. This one less controversial, less likely. 
it, there may have been a collision of heads. There's definitely a collision where Bozier's knee meets OSP's face. Don't worry, it was legal. And then the punches start flying, and that's when the Canadian gets the stoppage. St. Prue has appealed the loss on the possibility of the fence grab because it changed the position. There'll be more to come on this one. Tim Means versus Nicholas Dobby in the welterweight division. Started out looking great for the Dirty Bird as Means is able to hit the takedown. He drops Dobby with a left hook. He's able to beat Dobby up, causing some damage. Blood inside of the right eye. Second round, working the body shots. A leg kick sweeps out the base and Means is able to ride out the round on top. Third round, Dobby comes back, gets his knockdown. Means is able to get inside, grab the clinch, and ride the round out on the fence. Gets the decision victory. That's now three in a row for the Dirty Bird. Lightweight bout, Hamato Moicano versus Jai Herber. I told you guys that Moicano had all of his finishes by submission, but didn't hunt the takedown. Well, that changed in this fight as he got inside, got the clinch, and from over-unders was able to drag the fight to the ground, racking up seven minutes of top time, eventually getting to the back, getting the rear naked choke, go to the light heavyweight division, Danilo Marquez comes out with a strong first two rounds against Kennedy Zajukwe. Getting on the back and hunting the rear naked choke. Spending the first round as a standing backpack. Getting the fight to the ground and still hunting that RNC. But for the second straight fight, it's Zajukwe finding his rhythm, finding his range in the third round opening up with a couple left hands down the pipe and then unleashing 30 punches in a row until he gets the finish of Marquez coming around the guard with the right hand, going through it with the left. It takes a while for Zajukwe to get going, but when Kennedy does, smashing pumpkins. I mean, just devastating guys. In welterweight action, welterweight that you need to keep an eye on, Shavkat Rachmanov versus Michelle Pizeres. And Rachmanov, impressive once again. First round, solid jab, getting the takedown, having top time. Second round, it's a spinning heel kick that forces Pizeres into a sloppy takedown. Rachmanov stuffs, he's ground and pounding, and then he slides up his opponent's back and forces in the rear naked choke. It was ridiculously impressive. Now 14-0. Worley Alves versus Jeremiah Wells. Another one at 170 pounds. The first round, Alves slips on a kick and they spend the round grappling and exchanging top position. Second round, Alves comes out to get his Muay Thai going. Low kick is countered by a big right hand from Wells. Alves face plant pops right back up, and a barrage of right hands gets the finish for Jeremiah Wells, cashing in big time as the short notice underdog. Light heavyweight action, Ike Villanueva versus Marcin Pracnio. Everything started out well for Villanueva, getting inside, using his boxing, hurting Pracnio, until... Prakneo was able to switch up his stance, going from orthodox to southpaw, vicious left kick, lands to the liver, down goes Villanueva, in jumps the ref for the comeback finish. Earlier on, 
women's action at 135 pounds. Julia Avila versus Juliana Sarenko. First round wild opening from Avila busting the nose up of Sarenko. Twice putting the teeth kick in the face. Continued downhill for Sarenko in the third round. Back against the fence. She gets tripped down. Back taken. Rear naked choke was the theme of the night. Time to jump into the headlines, and like I said, there's some big ones. Rafael Sunsau is out, and Kyler Phillips will be facing Julian Paiva at the UFC Fight Night on July 24th. Askar Askarov and Alex Pettis will be meeting in what looks to be a flyweight number one contenders bout on the UFC Fight Night on July 31st. That card has also gained Wu Yan versus former flyweight champion Nico Montano. That one's going to be a women's bantamweight contest. And in huge breaking news, Derek Lewis versus Surreal Gone is happening August 7th, UFC 265, for an interim heavyweight title. Remember, Francis Ngannou just dethroned Stipe Miocic to become champion three months ago. It was rumored that we were going to see Ngannou versus Jones, then Ngannou versus Lewis, and now we end up with Derek Lewis versus Surreal Gone. Carol Rosa versus Bechkahea, a women's bantamweight contest, has been added to the UFC Fight Night on October 2nd. In middleweight action, Leonardo Staropoli versus Jamie Pickett has been added to the UFC Fight Night on October 9th. Lupita Godinez versus Sam Hughes, a women's strawweight bout, has been added to the UFC Fight Night on November 9th. Legacy Fighting Alliance has announced LFA 113 for July 30th. Heavyweight title bout main event Vernon Lewis versus Thomas Peterson, the winner to pick up the vacant title. In Bellator news, August 13th, Bellator 264 will be headlined by Gegar Mousasi, defending the middleweight title against John Salter. Bellator has also announced their continued global expansion, October 24th. For the first time, the promotion heads to Russia. The card taking place in Moscow will be headlined by the legend Fedor Emelianenko. You might be asking yourself, what, what's going on? What's with that announcement? Why an interim heavyweight title fight? Why Derek Lewis versus Surreal Gone? Just go back and rewind a couple months. Miocic loses to Nganu. Nganu is the new heavyweight champion in the world. Now, we already knew this was a guy that had been shelled, had been sidelined, really hadn't been active since 2019. 2020 went by with like. Four minutes of activity, a couple knockouts, it was nothing, wins the title quickly. Why wouldn't this guy want to be active? Why have this interim title fight? Well, let's continue down the timeline. Ngannou becomes champion. We're talking about big fights. There's that allure of the John Jones super payday, of the John Jones super fight. The GOAT going up to heavyweight. That fight seemed to fall apart during contract negotiations. The UFC then had turned their attentions to Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou. And now, it appears that contract negotiations 
have once again become a thorn in the side of Dana White in the UFC, leading us to them having to make this abrupt announcement. And let's be honest, it, it is abrupt. Nowhere was it on the radar that Volkov versus Gone was going to be to get into the title picture immediately. You thought big picture, obviously, the winner was going to be in the title picture. Would they have to win one more or not? Because you had seen there was some backpedaling on the Nganu lewis front, but nobody had really speculated as why. I've seen, I've seen, and this is just speculation, that due to rival agencies, that they are not negotiating so well, playing so well and nice with each other, and you would expect that these kind of things would have been worked out. You expect that with the championship contract, that a lot of the negotiations of financial matters between the UFC and Francis Ngannou would have been taken care of prior to that rematch with Stipe Miocic. There most likely was an understanding, and now there isn't an understanding. And the understanding is now the UFC will move on as they do without the contentious fighter and expect, expect in the coming days for someone high up in the UFC to utter the words, Francis Ngannou does not want to fight, and that's why Francis Ngannou is not in the next heavyweight title fight. And you will be told that Derek Lewis wants to fight, and Cyril Gall wants to fight. And it all comes down to the financials, and that's what you can see is really happening. Two sides disagreeing once again. We're just three months into Francis Ngannou as the heavyweight champion, and it already see seems as if the relationship is on rocky waters. This honeymoon period is over, and they're looking to have this marriage annulled. On tap for this weekend, Friday night on UFC Fight Pass, LFA is giving you LFA 110, a championship doubleheader, vacant light heavyweight championship on the line in the main event, Joshua Saverio versus Jesse Murray. Saverio, 100% finishing rate, 5-0, 4 wins by submission, 3-0 in the LFA. The last two wins, well, first round, rear naked chokes, a collegiate wrestling background at Arizona State, along with that illustrious pedigree of being the son of American Top Team founder Conan De Saveria. A huge reputation, a lot of expectation, and Joshua has lived up to all of them. Now he has this opportunity to get an LFA title, taking on Jesse Murray, a former King of the Cage champion, won that title by Ezekiel Choke. He's on a three-fight win streak, and his last win came over former LFA title challenger, Tim Hilly, so you know the guy has proven his worth to get this opportunity. The co-main event, it's a flyweight title fight, interim belt on the line here. The champion, Victor Altamirano, is off preparing for an opportunity on the Contender Series, so there's an opportunity for him to possibly come back and still fight for the belt. So this one's an interim title fight as the St. Louis native Charles Johnson takes on Japan's Yuma Horiguchi. Both guys love the submissions. Johnson, though, has wins in boxing and in MMA. This will be his fifth time into the LFA octagon. He has wins in the LFA by Anaconda Choke and Ground and Pound. Well, Haraguchi, who fought most of his time in Japan in the deep promotion, 
has a nasty guillotine and comes in off of submitting Donovan Freelo with an armbar at LFA 104. So two great title fights right there. And then in the feature fight position, the return of UFC vet former middleweight champion Marcus Pettis taking on fellow Brazilian Cristiano Frolich. Frolich, I saw personally in action at an LFA event. He's also been part of the Brave promotion, XFC, and Ryzen. So he's had a lot of worldly top competition. In the middleweight matchup, we're going to see the return of Chiboykin Oyenigecha. I've had the opportunity to talk to this young man two separate occasions, but it's been a long time. Three years since we've seen him in action, since winning a split decision on the Contender Series. Also on this card, it's the first time we'll be seeing Christian Navidad down at flyweight. 3-0 at 135 pounds. The Poi Pounder is moving down to 125. And also, in women's strawweight action, we'll see the LFA debut of Jacqueline Emorium, who has three wins, all by submission, for the high-level jiu-jitsu player. Then let's go over to Saturday. Still talking about the action going to be found on UFC Fight Pass. It's Cage Fury FC 98 coming to you from the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If you're a pro wrestling fan, that means a lot to you. This fight has a welterweight title main event. Evan Cuts. His last six wins, all by submission, all coming in different forms of chokes. He's defending his belt against unbeaten Johan Lanes, who has four wins by knockout, including a flying knee that was in only just 14 seconds at CFFC 86. The co-main event, Santo Curlato, 100% finishing rate against Dilshad Zeripov, a 75% finishing rate. Both guys are going for the kill. And also, Lee Henry Lilly coming off of a TKO from leg kicks. The guy is a Florida fighter, Italian FC vet, takes on Solomon Renfro. First round finishes in his last two. Everybody, enjoy the fights, be safe, and enjoy a happy 4th of July. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Also would appreciate if you could go visit CageMinds.com. Check us out on social media at CageMinds Combat Sports News on Facebook at CageMinds underscore CSN on Instagram at CageMindsMMA on Twitter. It's CageMindsMMA Show on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And check out Cage Minds wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We'll have a couple different things going on.